the entire Bible stresses uh, the blessed assurance that we Christians can have as we're born again. But um, this particular book of 1 John um, seems to focus on it. Seems to, there, there seems to be a focus on the uh, liberty and the blessings of being that born again child of God. And so as you read through 1 John, I believe you'll notice, and I'm going to spring out and share as best of my ability, five characteristics of someone who was born again. And over the next two weeks, we'll take a look at those five uh, birthmarks of born again Christians. Number one is the birthmark of confession. Notice as you're reading in 1 John 1 through 4, it said that what we have seen, that which we have heard, so that we might share with you. That's confession. Confessing it to those around us. Confessing it to our family members. Confessing it to our neighbors. Confessing it to those we work with. That Jesus is Lord. Before you can be born again, you have to believe, obviously, and be saved. You have to confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Some people assume that they're saved because they grew up in church. Well, I've gone to church all my life. That doesn't make you saved, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Keith Green, I'm going to share my I'm going to share my standard statement. Some of you have heard this one before. Keith Green said this, and I've stolen it and used it very liberally. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. That's what Keith Green said. I agree with him. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're a Christian. Some think because they were baptized. However, if they've never personally confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they're mistaken. It's not enough just to attend church. You can't, you can't get there on mom and dad's coattails. Okay? You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches that we are sinners separated from God by a sinful nature. And that's who we are. We can't earn heaven. You can't buy it. You can't climb your way into heaven. We, earn, we, we find heaven and we find a place in heaven um, because a man named Jesus who lived a sinless life died on the cross and rose from the dead. He paid our penalty. That's what we were taking part in this morning in communion. 
He paid our penalty. Took our judgment upon himself. And he offers us the opportunity to be born again. Jesus tells us in the Gospels, in John chapter 14 and verse 6, he says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Only way. Guys, if it's another way they're trying to convince you, it's not right. The only way we can get to the Father, the only way we can find salvation, the only way it's going to happen is through the sacrificed blood and body of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And part of that confession, it doesn't just when we're saved say, oh, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm a, I'm a Christian. Yeah, well, that's step one. Five years later, if I'm shopping in Leppings and somebody comes to me and they say, you know, I'm really hurting, I've got problems, this is happening. You know what? I need to be ready to confess Jesus Christ. I need to be ready to confess him to them. Say, he's my Lord. He has changed my life. He's made all the difference for me. Let me introduce you to him. Let me share in the word what he can do for you. And so confession isn't a one-time deal. It isn't like, you know, um, it's like the guy that's, that, was, that got married. And um, his wife was complaining. He said, you don't ever tell me that you love me. You don't ever say it. And his wife said, I'm, I'm sorry, his wife was saying that. You don't ever tell me you love me. He said, I told you I loved you on our wedding day, and that's good enough. <laughs> uh... I'm pretty sure most of you women would not agree with that. Uh, last week I was talking about asking and we ask of the Lord. And, and Winnie came to me and was sharing with me afterwards. Um, I believe it's in the... Um, uh, app, uh, uh, yeah, one of those Bibles. Joyce Meyer, the one she used, Amplified Bible. Thank you. The Amplified Bible... It says, keep on asking. Yeah. Well, if you will, I'd like to take some liberties this morning. Confess him and keep on confessing. Yeah. Keep on confessing. Keep on. Tell it everywhere you go. Yeah. Tell it everywhere you go that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah. Go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> you know, get up there and yell it. Here's the sad thing. If the Detroit Lions were ever to get to this, if they ever won a Super Bowl, if, big if, if they ever did, I'd be probably the first one on top of that mountain screaming, we're the king of the world! The Lion has become king! 
why wouldn't I do that about Jesus Christ? Who has made every single bit of difference in my life. Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. Let me read that this morning. Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. No, it's not it. There it is. Mark 8, 38. This is what it says. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. Now let, let's, let's read it again. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, where in this adulterous and sinful generation, I wonder, he must be living in 2019. The Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory. So confess and keep on confessing, guys. Keep on confessing. Don't be ashamed to be a child of God, for heaven's sakes. Greatest reality that I know today is that Jesus loves me. And I'm a child of the King. I am not ashamed of that in any way, shape, or form. I'm thrilled about it, in fact. I remember when Tiffany was born. See, she's not in here, so I can say good things about her now. If she was in here, it would be different. But Tiffany, when she was born, I'll never forget. Man, holy cow. I, w I was with Sharon, of course, and... and um, Uh, what an event. I'll, I'll never, ever forget it. We were in Cleveland, Tennessee at Bradley Memorial Hospital. Um, and Tiffany was born. And you know what? I could not, Ryan, I absolutely could not wait till the next day when I got to go to school, to the grad school, and start showing all my professors and all my friends the pictures of my daughter. I'll never forget, I have a very dear friend. His name is Bobby Johnson, and Bobby and I were really, really good friends at, when I was in college. And Sharon worked at headquarters. And for some reason, I had to stop at headquarters. Obviously, she wasn't working. She had just had Tiffany the day before or so. But Bobby Johnson's dad was there. And uh, Brother Johnson, Bob Johnson, was talking with one of the officials. And I know I probably was driving him absolutely crazy because I kept going up to him and I kept trying to talk to him. And he's trying to talk to this official. And he said, Bill, just wait a minute. Go show my wife. And, and Brother Davis, Dickie Davis, was who he was talking with. And, and Dickie said, well, I think it's because he just had a little girl. And I think he's wanting to show you the pictures, Bob. And, and he said, go show my wife. <laughs> he, was, he was pretty deep in a conversation. I'll never forget that. I remember thinking, man, I'm probably driving him crazy. 
Man, I was thrilled though. I couldn't wait to show everybody I was a daddy. Tell it everywhere you go. If I had a, maybe I should start carrying a picture of Jesus in my wallet. Say, hey, look at this one. See this picture? This is the most important one in my life. Right here. Confess him and keep on confessing him. Keep on telling it. Don't ever stop telling it. Tell it everywhere you go. Tell it to everyone you know. Let them get tired of you telling them. Seriously. Tired enough to maybe do something about it. So the first birthmark of a born-again Christian is, is they're confessing. They confess Him when they accept Him as Lord and Savior, but then they keep on confessing. They keep on confessing. And secondly, this morning, another birthmark is the birthmark of change. The birthmark of change. When Jesus saves us, it makes a difference in how we think, in how we act, in how we speak, and in how we live. When Jesus saves us, when he comes into our life, guess what? The Word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In other words, the old stuff I used to do, I don't do it anymore. I'm doing this now. I'm living for Jesus now. I'm reading the Word. I'm praying. I'm living a different lifestyle now. I'm changed. There should be a birthmark of change in our lives when we come to know Jesus Christ. We shouldn't be good old Bill anymore. Now, granted, I'm still Bill. And, and, and maybe I'm still old Bill. But you know what? There's, there's been a change. When I came to know Jesus Christ, there was a change. I've, I've shared this passage of Scripture. I've preached a message on this. But in Matthew chapter 2, and verses 9 through 12, some of you are going to think it's Christmas. Well, maybe it's Christmas in July, right? Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Well, I'm mistaken by saying that because I don't believe the three wise men came to see Jesus at his birth. I believe it was later on, okay? They, they came to the house. They didn't come to the stable. They came a couple years down the road. But anyway, Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 9, it says, After um, they were, as you know, um, let me... Let me set it up. You know the, the three wise men, the three magi were coming from the east afar. They were following the star and they came to uh, King Herod's palace saying, where can I find the king that was born? 
And Herod didn't sit too well with Herod because he was king already, he thought. He said, let me know when you find your king so that I can come and snuff him out. He didn't tell them that, but that was his thought. And after they heard from the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. In other words, they went home a different way. Think about these three wise men. They've been following this star because they heard things about this king that was going to be born. They travel all that distance. But it says when they came and encountered Jesus, they fell to their knees and they worshipped him. Something happened that day, ladies and gentlemen. It wasn't just that they, you know, that their, their mission was over. They weren't just glad because, oh man, I don't have to ride that camel no more. Shush. No. Their hearts were made glad as they laid their offerings at his feet. They were thrilled. They were overjoyed because they found their king. They found the one they loved with all their heart. And guess what? The word, here's, here's my whole clincher here. When they left there, when they left the presence of Jesus, the Bible says they went home a different way. Of course they did. They didn't talk the same. They didn't walk the same. They didn't act the same. They didn't live the same. They were changed. When you really have an encounter with Jesus Christ, there's change. He's a change agent. He's an agent of change. As we begin leaving, living for Jesus, leaving for Jesus, as we begin living for Jesus, our habits change. Now, we'll not be sinlessly perfect until we're in heaven. I understand that. Probably there's still going to be times we're going to mess up. But if we're Christians, we need to behave like Christians. If we say we're Christians, but nothing has changed about us, something's wrong. If we say we're Christians, but there's been no change, there's, 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 there's no fruit of that. There's no evidence of that. In fact, Paul says, 
in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's in chapter 3, he said, aren't you acting like everybody else? You're just acting like everybody else right now. 